time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. It's another re-engineering your finances podcast. We're talking numbers on today's show, but don't run off just yet. We're going to put everything into easy to understand language and into context for you. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group, certified financial planner as well. Charles, are you a numbers? I mean, I guess you probably are being a financial advisor, but have you always enjoyed numbers and stats and that kind of thing? Yeah, I always enjoyed numbers and stats, Walter, because you could always prove your answer. When you had to write an essay, you always like you know had to ask yourself, "Hey, can I do any better?" And usually it's yes, and you know you spend forever in a day. But <laughs> with the math, you know, once you prove the answer, you move on, and you know the world is great. I never thought about it that way as a reason for liking math, but you're exactly right. Like, there's no scale of good. It's there's no gray area really with math, right? It's either the right answer or it's the wrong answer. I'm sure in advanced math, maybe we could have a discussion, a very nuanced discussion of you know how to solve different problems and that sort of thing. But in general, two plus two is four. And so, you know, there's, there's no, there's no improving that, that, right. That, that's, you did yeah, the math. I, Boom. I hear done. what you're saying, but it reminds <laughs> me when I was young in my career and, and, and practicing as a CPA and somebody would ask me, Hey, what's one-on-one. And I would say, it's whatever you want it to be. And they said, you're hired. <laughs> so, <laughs> but those days are over. You know? That's right. Uh, one-on-one is two. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, fantastic. I think that'll make uh, today's discussion very fun then, given that. Um, we are going to take the numbers on today's show and talk a little bit more about the gray areas that emerge because of the numbers, all right? So the these stats that we're going to cover on today's show all have to do with retirement and financial planning. And uh, I think they really underscore some of the real problems that we all face when preparing for retirement. And so I want to see what your reaction is to some of these uh, updated stats, Charles, what they tell us about retirement planning, and then how you dictate some of these things and come up with solutions for them. So I'll start you off with an interesting one here. Um, Only 17% of American workers describe themselves as very confident that they'll have enough money in retirement. My reaction to that is more sadness than anything, and that only 17% of folks are very confident about their retirement. Well, I think one of the biggest questions in retirement is like, you know, how long am I going to live? I mean, longevity risk is probably one of the top three risks in retirement. And obviously, if, uh, if you retire at 65 and you pass away at 70, not much to worry about. You only had five years to take care of. And whether you're taking uh, excess money out of your retirement account or maybe you took your Social Security early or you know, maybe you don't have any long-term care, there's not a problem because you know, realistically, you, know, you, you didn't live to be you know, 25, 30 years in retirement. But most people today are going to have a 25-year retirement if they retire at 65 based upon, uh, you know, I guess the mortality tables. So what we do is, um, you know, we just make sure that, you know, we sit down with people, we identify, you know, what's coming in automatically. So basically most people have social security coming in. Some people have a pension. Then we try to determine like, what's your monthly nut? What do you need to spend each and every month? Uh, you know, just to feel comfortable, not overspending, not underspending. And the difference between what's coming in and what's going out is what we define as their income gap. And then we try to design a plan to cover that income gap for a 25 plus year retirement. That's interesting. And that's uh, why there's such a lack of confidence, because the thing that it's based off of, we don't have great confidence over how long we're going to live. But it also just shows that there's a really large area of improvement, probably in the quality of financial plans that people are putting together. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
Here's another good one for you, Charles. And this kind of goes along that same line of thinking in terms of length of retirement and kind of the un, you know, the, the, the questionable parts of that, how long it, it's going to last and take. The average 65-year-old woman has a life expectancy of 20.7 more years. And I've seen some other studies that uh, indicate it's even more than that. So if you make it to 65, essentially, the average is that you can expect to live until at least 85, if not longer than that. Yeah. So, you know, 20.7 years is what I think you just mentioned. So if I said to you, Walter, you know, you're not going to be working for the next 20.7 years, almost 21 years. Would that be a problem? Right now, it probably would. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it'd be a problem for just about everyone. Right. So if you had to work for 20 plus years, isn't that a lot like retirement? So again, um, what people fail to realize is that once a male and or female or both reach age 65, they already made it to 65. Now their life expectancy is longer than you would think. Why? Because the people that died early in car crashes or, you know, uh, infancy deaths, uh, things of that nature, you know, there's a higher probability that you're going to live a longer life. I think I read recently, uh, if you were a male age 65, average age, average male age 65, Uh, I think it was like maybe a 40% chance you're going to make it to 85. And if you're a female 65, there's almost, uh, I think it's a greater than one in three chance you're going to make it to 90. And if you're a married couple, average age 65, there's almost a 20% chance one of the two of the married couple is going to make it to 95. So, um, you know, that's why people, regardless of what their um, asset base is, you know, investment base is, are concerned about, you know, running out of money. I was kind of surprised because you figure somebody comes in with a couple million dollars or they've got it made. But, you know, realistically, people are concerned if they don't have long term care, if, uh, you know, the market goes down, if they don't invest wisely, if they don't protect some of their, uh, you know, lifelong earnings. So uh, the reality of it is, is, um, you know, I think age is really like a a longevity risk multiplier. By that, I mean that the longer you live, the more these issues like uh, market losses, uh, inflation, uh, healthcare come into play, taxes. Uh, So that's why, you know, um, people got to plan for 20, 25, 30-year retirement if they uh, plan on retiring at age 65. And then we talk about sort of the economy as a whole, and we're seeing more and more need to support folks who are reaching that age. We all know about the baby boomers and the fact that a lot of them are retiring. And it's interesting because we've now hit a point where more than 16.5% of the entire country's population is over the age of 65 years old. And that stat is actually up. I remember a couple of years ago, Charles, it was only like 13%. So we've seen pretty significant jumps and increases in that statistic in just a few years. And with more and more baby boomers retiring, my guess is we're going to see that percentage grow even a little bit more before it peaks. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm sure you've read articles too. And I, I'm, you know, I don't know about percentages, but I'm really looking at uh, like hard numbers. Like I've read recently, as, as recent as maybe like a month or two ago, that Every day, there's 10,000 people turning age 65. Uh, so think about it. Um, you know, Social Security, what, what impact does that have on our Social Security system? What impact does it have on our Medicare uh, system? Uh, our deficit's soaring. I mean, the last time I looked, it was like $23 trillion, and that's before all this PPP loans and you know, the money that they're handing out to people in need. Um, so the question is, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's it going to look like uh, down the road when only like two or three people are funding Social Security checks for, you know, the bulk of the nation? Uh, you know, I'm not 
I'm an optimist by nature, but I'm kind of pessimistic the way that the government is running our country. They're running it by printing money and really not coming up with a stern plan to reduce or eliminate our debt burden. And that's going to create more and more problems for folks who are entering that age bracket. Uh, we're, we're going to be relying on them a lot for, uh, for taxes, I think, Charles. Like that's prime picking for anybody that's going to be in that, in, that, uh, in that area probably is the need for tax increases goes up. Who has the most money in the country? Well, that, that group over 65 has done a good job of saving and preparing for their retirement years. So uh, it's going to cause, I think, more issues and problems as we go through the next 10, 20 years. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Switching gears just a little bit, it's not all about longevity, um, but there are some interesting stats regarding health care and costs related to it. The average retiree, it's estimated now, will spend almost $300,000 on out-of-pocket medical expenses over the course of their retirement. This figure, Charles, just two to three years ago was about $80,000 lower. So you can just see the impact of uh, inflation in health care uh, really taking its toll and starting to dramatically increase for folks too. Yeah. So you said what two ninety five for a retire yeah. average retiree. So yeah. obviously a married couple, it's like almost six hundred thousand dollars. I mean that's unbelievable. No wonder people are afraid of running out of money. But I have a uh, a simple equation for you, and I just want to see if you can um, determine what the answer is or what it means. So. Uh, let me grab a calculator here because you know what? I forget you, what the answer you, is. You already gave me the license earlier in the show, though, that I can just say whatever I want it to be. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'll go by my memory. So, Walter, what is 2 times 3 times 10 times 30 times 12 times 20? Okay. It's 432,000. I can't believe it. You got a calculator? I had a calculator. I was I was oh, ready to, I was I was ready to roll. <laughs> so so do you do you actually know what that represents? No. I am I'm trying to think of a correlation between all those numbers, but I, right. I I'm coming up empty. So so here we go. I heard this uh, in Vegas about 3 to 5 years ago and it really okay. stuck with me. Two people eating three meals a day at $10 a meal, 30 days a month, 12 months a year for 20 years will spend $432,000 in food. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we talked about medical. We and talked about food. That's $10 a meal. And I know there's some people out there going, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm not so near, here, I'm not so near that $10 a day uh, deal, you know. <laughs> so here's the irony. Uh, so, so we have a married couple, 600000 in medical, and 400000 in food. Where are they going to live? <laughs> yeah, we, 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 you better have a paid-off house with low property taxes at that point, right? Yeah. So anyway, you know, that's why no matter how wealthy people appear to be or think they are, everyone is human. We're wired the same way. And running out of money is really a big priority for many, many people, regardless of their income level. Or go on a diet. <laughs> exactly. Save, save a little money and eat, eat a little less. You'll save a little money, and you'll probably have to spend less on health care, too. So that, that, that could actually it, – it's actually a really good argument for staying healthy, staying active. It's a good money decision as well as a lifestyle decision. Oh, yeah. I mean, I look at food as medicine. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, but the reality of it is, is like as I get older, I realize that the true wealth is your health. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you start losing your ability to do things you used to do, it's hard to get those things back. And they can often come with financial consequences as well uh, if you aren't taking care of your health. I remember when I was younger and uh, broke my ankle and then tore my ACL a couple of years after that, 
You know, getting injured was expensive, Charles, in addition to the pain and the time that it took away and all that. I was like, oh, I could be spending this money on, you know, going on a trip or something. Instead, I'm spending it on getting my knee fixed. You know, this is is no fun. Like, I don't want to go through this again. So, yeah, stay stay healthy. Stay off. uh, Don't don't break your uh, ankle when you go snowboarding. You know, those kinds of things. But uh, good lessons to be learned both financially and uh, lifestyle wise. All right, last stat to cover on today's show, Charles. 90% of people over 60 say a written retirement plan is really important, but only 20% actually have one. Now, a little caveat here. I actually made that stat up, um, but I think it underscores, I think maybe you would anecdotally say that that feels right. Um, I think it underscores just the fact that there's this vast gap between people who recognize all these stats that we've covered, right? They recognize there's a problem. They want to be prepared. But there's just this big, vast gap between folks who want to be prepared and those who are actually prepared for retirement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're off by much. Right? Most people don't have a date, dollar specific written plan. And I can't overemphasize how important that is, uh, the importance of a written plan. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you know, on the podcast, like if you determine your income gap, all right, now you know, hey, how much of my total investments do I need to have in something that is safe and liquid, all right? If I have that right amount, that right dollar amount, it gives me permission to take the remaining balance and invest it for growth or legacy, all right? So, so the reality of it is, if you just got that out of a plan, hey, I have too much in safety, not enough in liquidity you know, uh, not enough in growth. That would be worth getting a plan done, right? Uh, Your investments now would be allocated properly, not just in terms of, you know, what's the expected rate of return, but is it in a tax-free bucket? Is it in a tax-deferred bucket? Is it in a taxable bucket? Think about how powerful it would be to have your assets not only in the right time segments, but in the right asset class in terms of taxation. And then, you know, controlling your tax bill can be enormous. You know, that's like one of my greatest gifts, I think, is I have a a tax background and integrating tax planning and financial planning is so such a passion of mine. People don't realize that if you want to take one hundred and thirty three dollars out of your IRA and you're in a twenty five percent tax bracket, you end up with one hundred dollars. Why? Because twenty five percent of one hundred and thirty three is thirty three dollars of taxation. If that money's in a Roth account or a tax-free account and you need $100, you don't have to take 133 out. You only need to take out 100 Think how much longer your money would last if it was not only in the right uh, asset class, but in the right tax class. So, uh, you know, I just want people, when they think about getting a plan done, to, you know, to get it done. And, and once it's done properly, they can focus on the things that are really and truly important to them, their family, their hobbies, their interests, and not worry about, hey, is the market up or down today? I mean, if you have a plan, you have your focus on time and asset location and taxes, things that you can control. But if you don't have a written plan, then basically your emotions come into play. And, you know, if the market's up, Generally speaking, you're happy. If the market's down, you're not happy. And that's not a way to live in retirement, you know, uh, when you can actually like just pay, uh, you know, a fee and get a plan done that will give you um, guidance to, you know, maybe having a stress-free, worry-free retirement. It's a great goal to have. And to get there, 
you just got to plan. You just got to take the action, uh, get off the porch and start moving forward. Just like exercising, getting off the porch and getting started is typically the hardest part, not doing some sit-ups or some squats or whatever the case may be. Uh, once you're once you're moving, it's a little bit easier to stay in motion, but getting that plan started is often the hardest part. So don't procrastinate. Take action if you haven't put together a solid financial plan yet so that you can join that percentage of folks that are ready for retirement. So you can increase that 17% of Americans who say they are very confident they'll be okay in retirement. We want that number to go up. And you can join that group, certainly, by having a good conversation with Charles Weldy and going over your financial plan. The number to call to get in touch and have that conversation is 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. And you can also go to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. And we'll put contact info in the description of the show today so it's easy for you to find. Charles, that's it for this episode. Thanks for, uh, I'm glad I had the calculator ready for that one question that you threw at me. <laughs> that came in handy. Very good, very good. I, I love it when we I'm do impressed. a little math on the show and when I can get it right, you know. I kept waiting for curveballs of like then divide by and take take the square root of, and then I was going to be in trouble. But we kept it nice and simple with just uh, straight multiplication. So we were in good shape today. Uh, thanks, my friend. And we'll look forward to chatting with you again in a couple of weeks. All right, Walter. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That's Charles Weldy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.